Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. Randy, uh, you're feeling a little under the weather today, it sounds like. Yeah, I am. I think I might need to go pay a visit to Dr. Phlox. <laughs> uh, how about you? Uh, I've been all right. Uh, you know, just relaxing this weekend. Not yeah. doing much. It was a tough uh, work week uh, last week, so... Did you have some difficulty catching them? Catching them all? Uh, just a lot of long hours. Yeah. Just, I, I hear you. That's not fun. No. And, uh, well, I mean, at least we're not out in the middle of uh, space in a starship. Actually, that would be pretty fun. <laughs> what am I talking about? Uh, you want to talk about uh, Star Trek Enterprise while you still have a voice? Uh, you know I do. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 1, Episode 11, Cold Front. Original wow. air date, November 28th, 2001. Wow, we're already on Episode 11. Yeah. And uh, this is, uh, as you mentioned last episode, there's a, some, there's a distinction to uh, who directed this, right? Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Tom Paris. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom Paris. I wonder if he's wearing a Tom Paris mask. <laughs> uh, Robert Duncan McNeil directed this episode. Uh, the episode opens on a Sulaban strapped to a table. We haven't seen the Sulaban in a while. No, not since the pilot, I think. I yeah. Say. We haven't seen him since then. So immediately I'm like, ooh, going back, tying in. This uh, Suleban is talking to the shadowy figure, who we haven't seen since Broken Bow. Mm-hmm. Um, the Suleban strapped to the table. Uh, he's there because he failed to dis- destabilize the Klingon Empire. Uh, he was thwarted by Archer and crew. Mm-hmm. Um, another Suleban, a surgeon, is about to jam a needle into this other Suleban's eye. And then uh, opening credits kick in. <laughs> and luckily, they pulled away. Yeah. This is Star Trek, folks. It's <laughs> not, you know, a horror movie. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's not Dead Space. No, no. Um, after the credits, uh, cut to the Enterprise. Uh, Hoshi and Mayweather are chatting in a, tur- in a turbo lift. Uh, apparently, Hoshi left early from a movie night where they were showing Night of the Killer Androids. <laughs> Uh, despite having over 50,000 movies in their database, they went with this one. And uh, Hoshi remarks that Mayweather could have read a book instead. It would have been the novelization of Night <laughs> of the Killer Androids. How sad would that be? Uh, it could be better. It'd be like the yeah. uh, Gremlins novelization. Ooh, or the um, the Star Wars prequel novelizations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the bridge, Reed greets Hoshi and Mayweather, and he also hated the movie. Uh, in Archer's dining room, Archer is reading something and drinking some orange juice. A man named Daniels enters with Archer's breakfast. Archer has altered course because he wants to see a stellar nursery in which several ships were detected. Hmm. Uh, later, Archer arrives on the bridge as they spot one of the ships in the stellar nursery. Archer hails the cargo ship. Uh, a lizard-like man answers. He's a captain on a job. Uh, he's taking some pilgrims to see the Great Plume of a- Agosoria. Say that five times fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
The Great Plume is a neutron blast that emanates from a protostar every 11 years. Uh, Archer wants to join in on this Great Plume event. Uh, he then extends invitations to the passengers and the captain, who we learn is named Captain Fraddick. Uh, I wonder if it's similar to Captain Haddock from the Tintin books. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Good one. Uh, the cargo ship docks with Enterprise. Uh, Archer greets the pilgrims. He's introduced to Pra Mantus. The pilgrims hand out gifts. Archer gets a clock that tracks time from the beginning of time. And Trip is handed a spirit called Vu Sintil that helps enhance the experience of the plume. Uh, so basically you get drunk and yeah. watch uh, this plume and it's, whoa, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, alcohol makes it better, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, Archer tells them that the chef has prepared some food and the pilgrims usually fast during this time, but they're willing to try eating Enterprise's food. Uh, That's nice of them. The camera holds on one pilgrim in particular and he has lots of spikes on his face. Um, in the mess hall, Daniels is doing something. Uh, the camera pans over to Archer, T'Pol, and Trip, who are chatting with Promantus. Uh, Archer tells him that they have been traveling in space for four months, three weeks, and six days. Promantus tells him that the great plume of Agosoria represents the continuing cycle of creation. Like the Hindu faith, Dr. Flox says. Uh, Flox has witnessed many religious ceremonies on Earth, and uh, Archer doesn't have a particular faith, but he tries to keep an open mind. One could argue he has faith of the heart. <laughs> One could. On the bridge, uh, Hoshi, Mayweather, and Reed are chatting about the visitors. Reed is a bit paranoid about them visiting the armory and learning about the Enterprise's tactical systems. Reed then notices that the starboard targeting sensor is out again, so he goes to check it out, and uh, leaving Mayweather in charge. Uh, Hoshi asks if Mayweather is going to take the captain's chair since he's in charge, but he declines initially, but <laughs> eventually tries it. Who can who can resist, right? Yeah. The 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 lure of the uh, the siren call of the captain's seat. But uh, as he's getting used to everything, Reed walks back in. Um, in engineering, Trip is showing the pilgrims the warp reactor. He explains about the antimatter reactions and then the cells, but one of the pilgrims already knows all about it because he's a warp field theorist. Uh, as Trip takes the pilgrims to another part of the engineering, the uh, spiky faced man from before wanders off on his own and reaches his arm into a panel. He's stretching his arm around as he does so, like a Suliban would do, mm. uh, and he pulls out a wire. On the bridge, Captain Fredick calls the Enterprise and tells them to watch out for a plasma storm ahead, and he tells them to go around the storm. In sick bay, Dr. Flock shows the pilgrims the MRI-like imaging device. Uh, just then the ship begins to shake. Archer calls the bridge, and T'Pol tells him that they're going around a plasma storm. On the bridge, Mayweather tells T'Pol that the storm is moving in their direction. Uh, Captain Fraddick's ship has escaped uh, from the storm. In engineering, uh, Trip is trying to reroute the energy flow as they continue to get hit by the plasma storm. 
In sick bay, Archer tells the pilgrims that he's cutting the tourists short, and he goes off to the bridge. In the mess hall, Daniels is cleaning and appears concerned about something. Uh, Archer makes it to the bridge. Reed tells them that they're losing main power. In engineering, Tripp tells Archer that the last bolt of plasma lightning struck the warp manifold, causing an antimatter cascade. Things start exploding in engineering. Uh, then the lights go out. Uh, when they return, uh, Tripp says everything's all right and that the cascade stopped. But, he says, it wasn't him who stopped it. The camera holds on the spiky-faced guy again. He's, <laughs> and he winks. No, he doesn't. He's a very funny. suspicious character. Mm, yeah, you might say, right? <laughs> Old stretchy arm spiky face. Yeah. Uh, later, Archer escorts Promantus to the docking area. He, the Pilgrims, and Dr. Flox are going back to the cargo ship for the evening. Uh, just then, Trip calls and asks Archer to go to engineering. Uh, in engineering, Trip shows Archer the conduit that the spiky-faced man was messing with earlier. It's an antimatter junction that stopped the cascade from reaching the warp reactor. Uh, Trip says it wasn't any of his guys who did it. In Archer's ready room, Captain Freddick says that he spoke to all the pilgrims and that none of them touched the conduit. I guess spiky-faced, stretchy arm uh, wasn't offering up any... Uh any information he says something like well maybe it's you know it's just someone who did it and doesn't want to claim credit right well like they're really humble or something uh as archer is walking down the hallway he encounters daniels daniels tells archer that one of the pilgrims who came aboard was a sulaban soldier named silik silik was the one archer fought way back in broken bow on the helix if you recall that uh, Archer wants to know how Daniels knows this stuff, so Daniels tells Archer to go to his quarters. In Daniels' quarters, uh, Daniels shows Archer a device that is clearly not Starfleet issue. Daniels tells him it's because he's not a member of Starfleet. What? Yeah. I think his reaction wasn't quite strong enough. <laughs> yeah. He was just, yeah, Archer was taking everything in stride, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he then asks if Archer knows about the Temporal Cold War. Daniels is a part of an organization that ensures that people like Silic don't interfere with past events. Uh, Daniels activates his device, which envelops him and Archer in a holographic projection. It's called a Temporal Observatory. Daniels comes from 900 years in the future, and he is, quote, more or less human, uh, the people giving Silic his orders can't manifest themselves in the past, but they can deliver information. Uh, when time travel was developed, the people who had it agreed that they would use it purely for research purposes. Uh, but it wasn't, and uh, that caused the temporal Cold War. Archer asked Daniels why he's being told about this, and Daniels says that it was Silic that stopped the reactor breach. Uh, Daniels was assigned to the Enterprise to capture Silic, and he needs Archer's help. Hmm. But why? Why did he save the ship if he's a bad guy? Yeah, that's a big question that, uh, spoiler alert, isn't really answered. <laughs> uh, Archer is conflicted because he's being asked to capture someone who saved the Enterprise. 
So why should he trust Daniels? Quote, you like your scrambled eggs soft. Have I ever brought them to you any other way? Daniels replied. That's not the most compelling argument for why you're trustworthy. Yeah, and Archer seems really ready to trust Daniels after she says that, and I don't know why. Uh, you know, it's just something to do with a man and his scrambled eggs. You just don't, we just don't understand, I guess. I guess not. <laughs> uh, well, I haven't killed you before. <laughs> I've had plenty of opportunity, so uh, you should totally trust me. Yeah. In Archer's ready room, Archer is pouring himself and trip some Vucentil. Uh, T'Pol, of course, declined. Uh, T'Pol says that the Vulcan Science Division has studied time travel at length, and they say it can't exist. Archer believes that the temporal Cold War is real. Uh, T'Pol remains skeptical, however. Trip wants to leave well enough alone, since Silic saved Enterprise. Uh, Archer wants to help Daniels. Um, Hoshi calls and tells Archer that they're approaching the protostar and that some pilgrims would like to take Archer up on his offer of seeing the great plume from the Enterprise's mess hall. Archer says that one of the pilgrims may be Silic, and he wants Trip and Paul to help Daniels. In the turbo lift, Trip can't believe they've met people from other centuries, and Paul still doesn't believe Daniels is from the future. In the mess hall, Archer is greeted by Phlox. Phlox found his visit to the cargo ship fascinating. Uh, Archer wants to know if any of the pilgrims seem suspicious as he is observing the pilgrims. In engineering, Daniels is setting up his equipment. Uh, Tripp is learning a bit about the future. There's an Illinois in the future, but not the one on Earth, for example. Right. Earth. What is it? Something like Earth as you know it or something like that. Right. Uh, Tapal tells them that the power relay is offline in J37. Uh, Daniel says he'll take care of it as he straps on a device to his hand and he walks through the wall. Hmm. Uh, Puts a power glove on. Yeah. And he walks through it Kitty Pride style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tapal and Trip look at each other and then Daniels returns and tells them that it's fixed. That's handy. Ah, uh, he's got future technology. Mm-hmm. In Archer's quarters, Porthos is barking. Uh, Archer thinks that it's because his breakfast is late. <laughs> so Archer gives Porthos some food, but Porthos is still barking. <laughs> not cheese. Yeah, Archer says, you're not getting any cheese. <laughs> Again, the whole cheese thing. Uh-huh. Uh, then Archer senses something as Porthos is growling. Silic appears and says that he saved Archer's life, so he should thank him. Silic wants to know who on the Enterprise is hunting him. Archer plays ignorant. Uh, Silic says that whoever told him about the Temporal Accord is lying. They are from another faction, and they are not there to protect history, but to alter it. Silic saved the Enterprise because he was ordered to. T'Pol calls Archer and accidentally reveals that it's Daniels who's looking for Silic. Silic shoots Archer and then leaves. Uh, outside, the plume has begun. In the mess hall, Prawl Mantus asks Phlox to recite the prayer, and he's more than happy to do so. He's really happy. Yeah. Ah, I love Phlox. <laughs> he's just so into it. Yeah. Like, way more than anyone else. He's just, I'm out here to explore an adventure. He's having a good time. Mm-hmm. 
he doesn't need that spirit to have a good time. No, he's got his own spirit. His heart is full of faith. <laughs> In engineering, Daniels detects a Suleban life sign. Uh, Daniels has engineering ac- evacuated. Uh, when he turns around, Silic has a gun on him, and Silic blasts Daniels. Uh, Daniels explodes into a bunch of energy. It's really weird, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like, shoots him, and he blows up. It's like a video game. Like, yeah. He blows up into pixels and <laughs> electronic uh, imagery. It's Yeah, it's weird. Uh... This was witnessed by Trip and T'Pol. Uh, they try hailing Archer, but there's no response. So they call Phlox and tell him to meet them at Archer's quarters. Um, in Archer's quarters, uh, Archer is revived by Phlox. Archer was just stunned by Silic. Uh, Trip tells him that Daniels is dead. Archer calls Captain Fratic and asks if any of the pilgrims have returned to the ship. But Fredrick says that the hatch has been sealed the entire time. Archer then calls Reed and tells him that there's a Suleban on board and everything should be locked down. Archer tells Trip to track Selick using Daniel's equipment. In Daniel's quarters, Archer and T'Pol look for the temporal observatory, but it's gone. Hoshi calls and tells Archer that someone used the Enterprise comm system to send an encrypted message. Outside, the plume is happening. Uh, in engineering, Trip can't figure out how to read Daniel's sensors. Elsewhere, Silic is messing with a panel on B-deck. Archer rushes over to the panel. Uh, Reed and his security team are already there. They can remove some conduits, but it's going to take some time. But fortunately, Archer has Daniel's device. Uh, Archer puts on the power glove and passes through the wall phase pistol in his hand, in his uh, other hand. Uh, Archer sneaks up on Silic, but Silic warns him that he could start another antimatter cascade. Outside, the plume is in full force. Uh, it shakes the Enterprise, causing both Silic and Archer to fall off balance. They get into a fight. Silic loses his blaster, and when Archer is about to shoot him, Silic escapes. On the bridge, Mayweather detects a vessel approaching. It's Suleban. It's like one of those little spheres. Yeah. That we saw in the pilot. Uh, in the shuttle bay, Silic is trying to escape, but Archer appears behind him and points his face pistol at him. Archer blasts the temporal observatory out of Silic's hand, destroying the device, but Silic escapes again. As Archer is searching for him, one of the shuttle bay doors opens, sucking everything into space. Archer holds on for dear life, uh, but he loses the power glove. <laughs> Silic decloaks and then jumps out into space. Uh, Silic gets picked up by the Suleban vessel. Mm-hmm. He just, he kind of like base jumps. <laughs> yeah. Out of, or he, he jumps out like uh, in Star Trek Into Darkness, kind <laughs> of, but without a suit. Well, he doesn't need it. He's been genetically engineered. Suleban can do anything. Later, later, Archer is holding the clock he was given by the Promantus. T'Pol visits and asks if he's figured out how the clock works. Archer tells her he hasn't, and that Starfleet is in for one hell of a report, which he'll work on in the morning. (laughs) Archer and T'Pol enter the bridge. 
Archer tells Reed to assign new quarters to Daniel's roommate and to seal off Daniel's quarters because there might be more dangerous future technology in there. At Daniel's quarters, Reed puts a lock on the door and walks away. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, and the camera kind of pans across and zooms in on the door, <laughs> like, ooh, what's in there? It's like the um, it's like the warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And filled with convenient plot devices. You know they're gonna revisit that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting for them to Oh, we're in a we're in a heap of trouble this episode. Uh let's go unlock Daniel's quarters and see if there's anything in there that might help us. <laughs> I'm wait I'm expecting this to happen. We'll see if it does. I'd like to see what happened to Daniel's roommate. He must be shocked that he had a future man as a roommate. <laughs> Could hey so uh, did you know did you get any hints that Daniels was a future man? Well, uh, yeah, he kept using all these devices that were totally you know not. Uh, I mean, it's a very small room too. <laughs> yeah, like uh, he was pretty good at hiding all these futuristic technologies. There was like this case that he took out that I think had the temporal observatory observatory um, thingy in it, and I think that pretty much when he upon seeing the case um archer was like that's not starfleet issue or something <laughs> like okay but so his roommate was ignorant yeah his roommate maybe was not so uh up 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 with uh the time whoa wait or maybe his roommate was also from the future oh maybe we're gonna find that out <laughs> so what did you think uh like I was saying last week, I'm really eager to get back to the Temporal Cold War storyline, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that they got back to it. Yeah, now we're we're actually have some follow-up to the pilot, and the Temporal Cold War stuff is heating up, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, right. I'm full of them, full of them today. I've got a lot of them. Um, but I felt like it it established some things, but it didn't really push it really, really far ahead, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, this thing that they heard about in the first episode, um, now they know a little bit more, and they know that it definitely seems to be real, um, because, hey, they had a time traveler in their midst the whole time. Um, I kind of thought this episode, too, was a little more like a... I don't know. I I keep saying this. It seems like every time we watch an episode, but I feel like it's feeling a little more like the Star Trek I know. Um, the stuff with the pilgrims coming to witness this event, and you know, we got to see more crew members on the ship. Like it feels a little more alive now. Uh, it was also another uh, case of there being a couple of different plots running, uh, even though the the pilgrims uh, witnessing the the plume even though that wasn't like a, a big major storyline and, you know, Fox's involvement, it was just kind of like, Oh, you know, he's really into other cultures. And at least there was something else going on. It wasn't just, there's a Suliban loose on the ship. Let's get him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued to know why. I mean, clearly if, uh, the Suliban hadn't intervened, uh, and and save the ship. It was on the verge of exploding. So, um, I'm wondering. Like we kind of said a few minutes ago, if the Sulban are bad guys, or they're a mysterious benefactor, the Shadow Man uh, is a bad guy. Why exactly? What's the importance of the Enterprise 
why is the Enterprise so important that it needed to be saved? You know, obviously it affects something that happens in the future, so I'm guessing we're going to see that, whatever whatever it is that unfolds. Right. Um, I'm still... Every time some sort of, of time travel plot comes up in sci-fi, and it seems like there's usually one of these um, kind of, uh, you know, organizations that is trying to make sure people don't use time travel for bad reasons. Um, I'm always a little concerned because it, it can be so tricky to work with time travel into a story and have it not break everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm obviously, I'm a little worried that in like, it's, we know that the show goes on for four seasons. So the enterprise probably isn't going to be destroyed, but I feel like it lowered the stakes even more that if, you know, they can just get a redo on something. <laughs> um, but so have in watching some of the other um, in some of the other Star Treks, there have definitely been there's definitely been time travel before. Um, and I want to even say that at some point from my recollection of some Voyager that we hadn't yet talked about, that there's a sort of like similar entity, like there's some sort of. Uh, group that polices time or polices time travel. Yeah, there's a group uh, that was in DS9 and I believe Voyager. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that this has some connection to that. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it was good to, like you said, get a taste of some of the stuff that was established in Broken Bow, but I do wish that they had pushed it a little further. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's only so much they can do. Like, oh, here's the Shadow Man. He's got his Sulaban army, mm-hmm. and there's this new faction that Daniels was part of. Yeah, so they gave us that, but I mean, that's pretty much all they gave us. Yeah, they didn't. There's they didn't no. Say... There's no real new information. Mm-hmm. And there's also no sense of what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, the Shadow Shadow Man has some kind of agenda. But there's basically been zero revealed about what it is mm-hmm. and how the Enterprise plays into it. So um, I feel like they could probably turn this into a uh, an arc, a story arc that could last like a whole season. Um, and if if uh, Enterprise was more of like a, you know, current day uh, kind of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a. Um, serialized sci-fi show where each episode kind of, you know, goes into the next versus, uh, well, now we're probably not going to hear about the temporal cold war again for a few episodes at least. Yeah. I hope maybe we not till like the season finale. Or yeah. Something. That's what I was going to say. I was hoping that it's not going to be until the season finale. I hope we get a little bit more before. The- mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully it doesn't just drag out to the end of the whole series <laughs> or that it actually gets resolved. By the time the series ends, because, you know, the series does end a lot faster than uh, Next Generation or Voyager or DS9. Yeah, certainly faster than they had anticipated. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping for some resolution. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't think it was a it was a bad episode. Um, I wasn't really blown away. I think there have been some better episodes lately. Um, but I'm definitely still, it's keeping me intrigued about this whole temporal storyline. Yeah. I, I always like to have a bigger storyline in my shows. Mm-hmm. So, th- so this is nice to touch upon this stuff again. Yeah. It's, it's nice to also to just 
for them to remind everyone, like, we haven't forgotten about this. This is a thing that's happening. So get ready. There'll be some more. I wonder if we'll see Daniels again, or if he is derezzed for good. <laughs> I'm guessing we'll see him again. I mean, he's a time traveler, right? So can't they just, like, send him? Maybe he just got kind of un uh, unpinned from time. Yeah. And had to return back to where he's from. the time, Or when he's from, sorry. Yeah, I mean, the Shadow Man has some sort of plan for Archer, because mm-hmm. obviously Silic had the chance to kill him. And he didn't. Yep. So it must have been against his orders or something. Mm-hmm. Like his orders were to go save the ship. And obviously don't kill Archer because he, like you said, he totally had a chance. I think uh, that's enough about this episode. Next week, we're going to talk about Silent Enemy. Silent Enemy. Hmm. I wonder if it's a time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> or just a really quiet guy. Maybe he's a ninja. Yep. Space ninja. Yep. Archer that's versus what, space ninjas. That's what Enterprise needed more of. Space ninja. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back and we'll uh, we'll plan in a little bit of an adventure before we um, record our next episode. So I'll have to tell you guys all about that. Um, and maybe we'll try to make it Star Trek themed somehow. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.